Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Now, this week it's going to be a little bit different. I'm joined by Angela Vithrukas. Now, she's a Sydney businesswoman, that's cool, with 30 years' experience, so she knows her stuff. Angela is also an independent counsel in the city of Sydney and is also a founder or the founder of the Small Business Political Party in New South Wales. And it's registered right here in New South Wales as a state party. She is now running as an independent for Malcolm Turnbull's Old Cedar Wentworth, so she's got a lot on a plate. We're going to talk about her experience as a small business advocate, why she's fighting for compensation for business owners impacted by all the construction going on around Sydney, particularly in George Street, because she's one of the business owners who's dramatically affected, and why she wanted to enter the field of politics in the first place. I'm going to go right back to tours, right back to the beginning. What the hell motivates her to be a politician? So let's get into it. Angela Withulkas, welcome to The Mentor. Thank you very much, Mark. It's lovely to be here. Now, it, did I say Withulkas? Anyone think I'm from Latvia or something like that? It's Withulkas. V-I-T-H-O-U-L-K-A-S. Listeners, remember that. .com.au. I'm going to call you Angela. <laughs> okay, Angela. Um, and, I, and I do want to say welcome to The Mentor, but more importantly, welcome to the audiences listening to you which is an audience of small business owners or people aspiring to be small business owners, which to some extent is really important from your point of view because you've established the Small Business Party in New South Wales at a state level. Yes. And you are a politician. That there is a rumour going around about that, yes. Well, you know, and, and, and like who wants to be called a politician these days? But you are one, but your beginnings start off as a small business owner and your small business party is coming off the back of your experience and skills as a small business owner, maybe also your frustrations. Frustrations and failures, yes. Yeah, well, failures are important to be a small business person and also to understand what small businesses need and want. Failure is really important. So I want to go back many, many years, although in your case, I'm sure it's not that many years. That's right, Mark. Yes, just a few. um, uh, I do remember black and white TV, though, and Gilligan's Island, so that might show how many years. Well, Gilligan's Island... um, I remember that too. I was about 20. Uh, so we got, let's go back, Angela. Let me understand. I mean, clearly you're of Greek descent, at least your father must be. Both my Both parents, parents Greek migrants. I'm Both first generation. First generation into this great country. Um, Greek migrant family, uh, brothers and sisters. You, one brother. One brother who's just had a baby. Yes, my nephew morning. my nephew arrived moments ago. Great news. That's wonderful. 
So can we? Can I ask you, do you have children? No. No children? No. You are married I'm the, to I'm your, the world's best auntie. You're married to your business? Oh, I don't like to use the word married. I'm yeah. happy. You're hooked. Yeah. You're yeah, hooked on your the, business. For the moment, for the moment. Yeah, and... Prince Charming has not discovered me, Mark. No, but everybody's. I mean, to be honest here, it doesn't really matter. Even if you are married to a person, you're also married to your business. To be, to be <laughs> honest, you can't do what you do. You can't be on the council of the city of Sydney, this great city, which you are. That's right. Twice elected. Twice elected independent. Yep, and you still are on there as an independent councillor. Yes. You can't do that. You can't run the small business party in New South Wales, and stand as an independent in the next federal election, which. You just advised me earlier on the writs have not been issued yet, but you will be standing as an independent um, in the upcoming by-election for Wentworth. For Wentworth, the unexpected by-election, the unexpected one. Although uh, some, some could say, foresee it, yeah. yes. And and also, I, I presume you're still running a small business, or you still own a small business? Do you still? I'm a... still a small business owner, right. but unfortunately, our flagship store, Vivo Cafe, closed right. um, due to some. Let's just say state significant infrastructure challenges. Yeah, I know that story, and um, and and uh, I keep hearing so about I'm, it. So I'm the currently radio. an unemployed cafe owner. Unemployed cafe owner. Well, the good thing is about the city of Sydney's employing you. Do you get paid for that? Yes, okay. you do. That's you 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 get um, what they call an allowance. Allowance. Yeah. So that's hardly getting paid for it. Um, right. So, but you're clearly a really busy woman. Okay, really busy. I want to know why the hell are you doing this? So I mean, because I often get asked. About politics, Mark, would you be involved in politics? Would you run for this, that, and the other? And I think it was, why would I do it? Like, what, what's in it for me? Why, why would I cross over into that sort of side of the of the world? You know, it's a weird place to me. Like, especially like if you've got to go to Canberra, you've got to sit in the mothership like eight months of the year um, down there, sort of, you know, stuck with all those other politicians. Um, and, you know, living this weird life where you, you know, sit in parliament till late hours and then after parliament you go and eat with all your parliamentarian colleagues and then you wake up the next morning you're doing the same thing all the time. I don't understand it, but what would you, what is it that drives someone like you to do this, to so want my, to start this? My first reaction in politics, of which I never had any intention of ever doing, would always have been and some days still is, hell no. Why would you do it? It's a very public world that you live in, everything that you have a view on is displayed or commented on or judged, but you need to stand for something. Uh, what drove me in the beginning was... When was the beginning? So technically in politics, the beginning was 2012. Right. So people came to me as a business owner back then in the city and said, have you thought about running for council? And what people? Like who? So there are actually groups of people who go around to recruit and find good candidates who have experience in their field in some way, and in my case it was uh, small business, and asked them to stand for local government or state or federal in order to have either their own agendas pushed through or the advocacy of those fields that they're experts in highlighted and so brought there's, forward. There's, so you're, you're saying to us... I got now, recruited. Okay, you got recruited. It sounds like Scientology, but like, so what you're saying... <laughs> I assure you it's not. No, I know, I get that, but um, it sort of sounds like, in other words, it sounds like any movement... Uh, Correct. And, you know, Scientology is politi- political too. It, it may may well be under the guise of some sort of religion, but it's it's a political movement. It's a movement. So what you're saying to me is that there are people out there who walk around and, you know, stir up interest in... They see a need or a gap. Speaking about their agenda, though. Yes. There's the, a need. They, they foresee a need or a gap in, in the world that they believe in. Um, and either the advocacy that they want to see change, and there are a lot of people who want to see change in the city of Sydney, 
It has been uh, a monopoly, if you will, if you mm. look at it from business terms. Well, it's been dominated by Clovermore for a long time. Correct. Bottom line. Many years. Yeah, yeah. And people are interested in change and often change is, is good. It shakes yeah. things up a bit. It changes the agenda. And that's why I first got involved because a question was posed to me in 2012. Did you know that as a business owner in the city of Sydney, you could vote at a local election? Did you know? I did not know. I don't, I don't know that either. And I have had been at that stage a business owner solely in the city because that's the only place I've operated all of my life for more than 20 years and I never knew I could have a voice in local government at that level that directly affected my business. So uh, like as a a tenant, I I presume you're a tenant of the shop you're running, which is a a cafe? Any tenant. Every single tenant has a vote? Correct. And why don't they vote? They don't know. And the process, eventually when you do find out that you can vote – the process is so ridiculous. The red tape is so onerous on any business owner that it's virtually impossible to register to vote. How do you mean? Why, why, why is that? You've got to register to, to you vote. You have to well. register. So when you register to vote as an individual at any level, yep. you only do it once and you are always registered forever. Right. Uh, the business vote in 2012 stated, the Act stated, that you had to register every time there was an election. Right. Now, how many small business owners are going to do that? Mm. And there's like 25 pieces of paper to fill out. Again, who's got time to do that and sit down and work out whether or not you are eligible to register to vote. Then you have to wait six or eight weeks to find out if you are. You never know before the election. You just turn up and hope you're on the roll to vote. So again, it was obvious to me that there was a barrier set up at every level to stop small business having a voice. Sounds like a stitch up to me. So it's a stitch like, up. I hate it. Um, I hate that. I mean, cause I go to, I, I'm, I'm in the city. I mean, I, I, uh, have a, have a business in the city. Yep. You have I, the right to vote and you I, don't know that. Uh, no, I didn't. And, and I would say that you are a reasonably informed person. Yeah. Well, I, I guess so. Um, obviously not. <laughs> I'm not well informed on this. So matter. the other, the other stats on that is that business pays almost 300 million a year in rates. Mm. Residents pay 70 million a year in rates. And yet the businesses that pay all of those rates are not having a voice. And in 2012, only 600 businesses registered to vote. Do you know how many there are in the city of Sydney? More than 20,000. Right. Enough to change the agenda of the city. Or at least challenge it. Change. Yep. So, 2012, can I ask you who approached you? Can you tell me? I mean, like, I'm totally intrigued. Like, uh, who's the individual? Was it an individual? Or did they come in, like, black coats and a hat and no. sort of a scarf on and... Uh, no, they were, they were just individuals, concerned citizens in the city of Sydney. They sat down with me and they said, would you like to run for local government? And I said, no, um, I'm not, I've, I've got no idea on politics. I have no formal education. I never even finished high school. Why would I, how would I be able to do this? And they said, look, just join us, get a feel for local government, see whether you think it's something you want to do. And then it was one of those stories. Remember at school we used to play, play a game called Bull Rush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And last person standing, yep. that's where I found myself, I was the last person standing in a room where everyone had stepped back and oh, they said, a you're it. People. Yep. So, so they and recruited they said, a, whole, a big group of people? Candidates, yep. Right, right. It sounds like a, um, uh, a Tupperware party or something. It's, so they, it's, they, it's not an Amway pyramid scheme. Yeah, but, but they got them all in the room and yep. then everybody slowly but surely stepped back and you're And I didn't realise that's how you do that. Right. And then next thing well, I knew, my face was on 20,000 posters around the city and I was running a local government election. And then someone else funded it. I mean, do you have to fund these things? How much? You do have to fund these things. And you, you had to? Well, no one else was doing it yeah. and no one believed I could do it. So I wasn't raising any money. So I did what every small business owner does. And I went, well, I can do this. How hard, how hard can it be? 
How hard can it be? Pretty I'm completely hard. unknown. I have no political points. I don't even know how the city runs at a board level, which is what it is eventually. And then suddenly I found myself having to do things like press interviews and policy reviews and where did I stand on 600 different things, none of which I had any idea about. And I literally stumbled my way through an election with the small business chutzpah that we have and was just determined. So we we self-funded, my family and I. You ran as an independent. As an independent. The small business um, party wasn't established at that point. No, I, you, I but, didn't know you could do that. No, so, but, you, but, you, and you, but you ran as an independent. Yes. Um, and you were successful your first time? Yes, the, the first, I was. Well Mu- done. Much to my shock yeah. and other people's horror. And how was that uh, taken at a council level? I mean, I, I think for those people listening to this, I mean, they might not be in Sydney and might not have enough to do anything to do with the city of Sydney in terms of a council. It's run by Clover Moore, ex Labor Party uh, uh, member, independent. She she will she, say, she will maintain that she's an independent. I would say Labor, but then became an independent um, in the state at a state level. Um, now she has been the mayor of Sydney for for as long as I can remember. Um, I see her offices in Paddington there somewhere around Oxford Street. Used to be anyway. Used to be. Used to be. I don't know if yeah, it's still The law is. changed and she couldn't maintain both. Right, okay. Um, and uh, I guess the city of Sydney in terms of poli- politics has been run by what? Has it been an independent council or Labor council? What's it been? It's It's been an independent um, for decades because right. the city of Sydney has no appetite for mainstream politicians. Right, okay. We don't we don't like to elect Right, so it's mostly independents is what you say. Correct. And, uh, but but, but independent a... teams. So right, right. she has a majority on council. There are 10 councillors, right. one of which is the Lord Mayor. The right. Lord Mayor is elected by popular vote, so it's two ballot papers right. at each election. And she's had a majority on council, so pretty much she can do whatever she wants all the time. Yep, yep, I get it. So that, that that's quite incredible that you uh, got on, got through that process. A, you understood, you worked out how to work the process. Well, it's a, it's a half a million dollar process. It costs half a million bucks. It cost me a half a million bucks. Oh my God. The first time. Um, the first time. The second time? Pretty much the same. Right. So you've got you've 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 contested your your held seat a second time round. Was it like the next election? That was two thousand and sixteen. Okay, so it was the next election. So it was a four year term. Correct. Right. Uh, well done. So then but wh- wh- where did this uh girl called Angela sort of start all these aspirations? Take me back to when you're like uh like twelve year old, were you just a normal kid? Like going to school? Where'd you go to school? Where'd you grow up? Oh, I'm a Shire girl out yep. south. Yep. So I went to school around Caringbar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story started technically. Um, my mother went into labour with me when she was making coffee in her shop. So my parents have always been self-employed, always had their own businesses. Did they have a cafe out that way? Um, she had a cafe or a milk bar in Liverpool called Chris's Milk Bar. Right. So I was born in Liverpool Women's Hospital. Right. I caught my first shoplifter when I was three. Mm-hmm. And there were three little boys that I beat the crap out of while they were stealing the lollies from the counter. So my mother was, apparently the story goes, she was very impressed with my attitude and my initiative on making sure that we maintained um, the cash flow because I knew that if you take things, you give things and there was no giving. So I got the broom out the back and took care of them. And that's just how it was. I've always been in my parents' business. My father, um, who unfortunately we lost him a few years ago, has always been a devoted man to his family and spoiled me horribly my whole life. And um, as all dads should do with their little girls. And then one day I caught him staring at me and my brother when I was 14, just under 15, and we'd just sold a family business. And he said, you and your brother are lazy. You're never going to get a job. You're lucky you've got me and your mother and we'll always find a job for you. But I, I just don't see you becoming anything. I got very upset, Mark. I wagged school on the Monday. 
I took my brother. We went up to the CES, which used to be called the Commonwealth Employment Service, now Centrelink. And I walked in and I said, we're looking for a job because I was going to prove to dad that I could get a job without him. And Safeways, back then it was Safeways, mm-hmm. now it's Woolies or Red S, was recruiting um, part-timers from school. And we told them very quickly what kind of experience we'd had and they ushered us immediately into a room to pick a job. Whereas all the other kids that were there to interview for work had to wait six or eight weeks for the whole interview process. But I guess they saw two little Greek kids who'd been in shops all their lives and were ready to stick them in behind the counter. That was the last time I took money off my dad. It was I used to get paid $19.20 a week. I saved money out of that. Wish I could say that now. And um, I couldn't wait to leave school and get started. All I could see was how much, how hard my parents worked, how much they were moving ahead in the world. And that's what I wanted to do. And many years ago, that's what it was all about. Work hard in your business, make some money, buy some property, do it all over again. And I, that's what I saw my parents doing. And I said to dad, I want to come work with you because I want to be in hospitality. I craved it. I've grown up in it. And he'd said to, my brother always did whatever I did. We're 11 months difference. So we're like two peas in a pod, except he's 120 kilos and I'm not. Um, and we went into our first shop with my parents as, as equal partners. That was the one thing dad was good at doing. He was very generous, but he said, you can only come in and work in the kitchen and do your apprenticeship if the chef doesn't know who you are. So I spent two years in a kitchen where the staff didn't know who we were openly had, um, I think yeah, I was bullied. We didn't use that term back then, but because I was the smallest in the kitchen, I used to get to clean the rotisserie every day. I'd go home with bits of chicken in my hair. The dog next door used to chase me down the street because I smelt like dinner, I guess. And I waited two years before dad said, well, you're ready now to take over. What's the first thing you're going to do? I said, I'm going to fire the chef because of, he said, cause you weren't happy with the way he treated you. I said, no, because there's too much waste. So that was the beginning. Yeah, most of it's in my hair. Well, <laughs> the uncooked bits were in the bin. The cooked bits were in my hair. Mm. But I've, I'd always craved, I wanted that. And I wanted to just open businesses, run businesses. I love hospitality. It's always going to be my first love. It's not as easy as it was. I don't want to sound like my parents, but I'm going to. It's different today. Mm. You, know, you, you could turn up for work, which was 60% of turning up is enough. You worked hard. That's another twenty percent. You're gonna you're going to succeed. The other twenty sometimes is a little bit of luck if you work out the deal up front. And if you are a business owner, you have to work out your deals up front. Hospitality is my game, but business is what I do. Mm. And I've transferred that into politics, I think. So do you, what did you learn though from being a small business owner that you can sort of transition over into into politics that will that will ultimately help the people are going to vote for you? I think it's the fearlessness of being a small business owner. So being low in numbers, so being an independent always means you don't have resources. There's no big party machine behind me. Ultimately, I'm going to make all the decisions and be responsible for instigating them as well. My policies are my thoughts and my beliefs. They're not a party machine. So I'm used to that as a small business owner. The buck has always stopped with me. It's, it's, I am responsible for people's lives as an employer. I'm responsible for my customer. I'm responsible for the financial success of the family and the family business. So that translates into being an independent because I wasn't worried I didn't have a big machine behind me. I never have. It's always been just us. 
and having that belief and that fearlessness that, well, why shouldn't I be able to do it? It shouldn't be the realm of only the big end of town, whether it's a big political machine or a corporate entity, to have their voice heard. Surely that is the voice of democracy where even the smallest person and the single voice should have the power to change. And that's what I took with me into the City of Sydney Council Chamber. No idea of what I was doing or understanding, but having that appetite to say, well, it can't be that hard. I have successfully run businesses. I have been recognised as a successful business owner. I have the financial status to show that I have been successful. What do this lot know that I don't? And turns out, not as much as me, Mark. So what, 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 what I mean... Well, I can read a tender document and understand financials. Yeah. Most politicians can't. But in terms of, yeah, that's probably right, in terms of um, the s- small business community in the city of Sydney, in other words, people who are running businesses, yep. um, which is the people who should be voting for who is, who is a councillor, what is it that you can bring to them in terms of policy? I mean, what do you prosecute for them? Do you say, well, let's get rid of the light rail, let's bring in the light rail, or let's compensate everybody for the light rail disruption, or what do you agitate? Well, I tried uh, for so long, in fact, for two years, to approach everything in a methodical bureaucratic manner. So you go through that process. You understand once you're in politics that things are done a certain way. So it's not agitating, it's trying to negotiate and manoeuvre. Small business does that all the time. So I understood that world and I understood that there's a give and take. You want something, you've got to give something. Unfortunately, most politicians will take. They very rarely give. So once I realised I was being unsuccessful in playing it their way, I realised I had to play it strictly in the small business way. So if you're not going to listen to me, then I know you will listen to a whole bunch of other people and the media and shine a light on something. So I have, because I have taken up the advocacy and the justice role of small business, I've been very successful in achieving things that politicians in mainstream approach haven't been able to do because they answer to a a machine that dictates to them what they will say, do, think and comment on. I don't have those constraints. You don't have a party. You don't have to caucus anything. You, you, I don't. You, you, you get up, you run for it, you make your, you make your call, stand or fall on that call. Yes. And uh, you only answer to yourself. Correct. And you're not going to get voted out by your own party. I'm not, but then I may not get voted in by the people who ultimately will be making the decision if, if they're happy with what I do. So there were 23 families in northern New South Wales who were subcontractors for RMS projects. What's that mean? Uh, Roads and Maritime Services. They've been building the big Pacific Highway infrastructure in New South Wales. They weren't paid $25 million in owed wages. By who? By the government. I'm sorry, $7.5 million. I'm thinking of other numbers. By the state government. And by the state government. And they were battling for a year to get their money because they were subbies. And this is a pyramid scheme that um, state government has set up in contractors. So a head contractor, another contractor, another contractor. There's five levels of big contractors. And eventually, right at the end of that scale, is the small business subbies. And they weren't getting paid because the guys in the middle, they go bankrupt, they take the money, they never see it again. It doesn't flow down to the subbies. And they lobbied government for a year to get their money and they had no joy. So we stepped in, got them some media, got the attention of the bureaucrats. The ministers realised that if they didn't cough up with something and start making some change, that they would get a lot more negative press. And, you know, in a few months an election's coming up and it tends to catch their attention. They got their money. 
but only because we stepped in to advocate because I have nothing to lose. So I'm not worried about what the boss thinks. I only care about what the small business owners aren't getting. So we looked after them. Light rail, well, that's personal. Um, It always has been for me because we owned a cafe on what is considered to be the busiest corner of George Street, 60,000 people walking across the intersection in the first two hours of peak in the morning and afternoon. We were there 17 years. We used to make almost 25,000 coffees a week. That's how busy we were. To go from having a major substantial business for 17 years at that one site, along with several others, to overnight losing 50% of my business through no fault of mine, Fifty percent of the traffic, fifty percent of the people coming. Fifty percent of revenue gone overnight. Wow! And we tried hard to lobby state government on that, and to say you cannot rip out the spine of a major city in Australia and not compensate. They denied there was a problem for two years. Eventually, we got them to cough up for some financial assistance. So, seventy businesses have received almost ten million dollars in not an each. assistance program. No, not not each. But I also instigated a class action. So we are currently almost 100 small businesses suing the state government. It will be for almost $100 million. I've organised lawyers and a legal funder, so it's not costing us anything. And it's only the first of class actions that I'm organising yeah, to bring I saw forward. that. I saw that um, two or three weeks ago. Did the yep. actions start two or three weeks ago? Um, and, and I presume you've got a class action lawyer yep. who's doing it. It a, took me a year, yeah. of which I had no idea either how to yep. do. Yep. But it turns out to be... It's intense, but it's doable. Yeah. It's doable. But you could do all that. I mean, I'm going to have to go to the break, but I mean, I just want to say you could do all that without being a politician though, couldn't you? Yes, but it's it brings something else to the table because you shake things up. Even as a minority or a, a lone business party of not many, we shake things up enough and make state government realise that we're coming. We are definitely there. We're walking that path. We will be there come March or come a few weeks in Wentworth and then they will be answering to a whole different entity who will be able to change things from the inside out. Okay, we're going to go to a break. I want to talk to you when we come back from the break about Wentworth because it's uh, incredibly interesting for me because I come from that area and uh, just the whole Ah, makeup, the whole makeup. (laughs) Well, we'll see um, because I want to know what your policies are. But uh, we'll go to the break and we're going to come back. Well, we're back after the break, and I'm here with Angela Vithrukus. I want to talk to you about your next mountain you've got to climb. Mm. Now, you've climbed a few mountains. You've gone from, as we've just discussed, uh, being a young girl at the age of 15 or 14 or 15, uh, sort of rejecting your dad's um, uh, well, theory. His sucky attitude. His sucky attitude. And then you went off and proved him wrong, and you took your brother with you, and you actually got a job at the age of 15. And then from there you went into his kitchen. You worked as a, let's call it an apprentice, for a couple of years. Indentured slave would be more accurate. Indentured slave, that's what apprentices are. You're indentured to the kitchen and to the business without being able to reveal that you're the boss's daughter. And then you took over the business and the first thing you did was got rid of the bloke who was wasting um, all the chicken, mind you. You probably didn't have. You probably had a distaste for him um, anyway. It could have been personal. It could have been personal. It probably should have been personal too, by the way. And... Then you went for then you owned business. Then you got um, then you owned a business in the city. I know I actually have been to the coffee shop that you that you originally owned in Bly Street. So there's been twenty five cafes since twenty five cafes yeah. since then. And don't let's not tell everyone how old we are. And then 
You then you stood for in 2012 for the city of Sydney um, independent seat, and you won that against the odds, and then you won it again, and that's where you are now. That was in uh, so 20, that's tw- so, 2016, correct? Yeah, and now and 2016 that'll take you 2020, correct? And you have and you have also now managed to launch a class action on behalf of all the um, people and businesses in Georgia that have been affected by the light rail disruption. Which, by the way, you have my sympathy on that because I actually agree with you. It's you're not looking for a handout; you're looking for recognition that you have, you, the government, have stuffed up my business. Correct. I had a good business here. You can't just walk in and carve the joint up because you want to display how progressive you are building and infrastructure stuff up, and stuff up the whole and construction kill my business project. and all yep. the other people's businesses yep. and all our families and Correct. everything else we've worked for for the last million years. And all the money we've invested in, it's not just the money, it's the time and effort, every other bloody thing. It's, so, it's the emotional kick in the guts you get. Totally, and it's wrong. And, you know, and if anybody should get that, I would have thought Gladys would understand that, um, to be frank with you. Um, being a good Armenian girl, um, she would understand that small business, you know, family attitude as to how hard you work and, and what we need to achieve and how we should compensate people if we, we, we nasty them up. It's not cool. Well, there was zero sympathy from the state government through I the whole process. I think it's totally uncool. Well, because it's because it, to me, it's what it is. It's um, it's policy. We never make an admission, no matter what. We may feel some sympathy towards it, but no admissions because we're the government. I can't admit anything on behalf of the government because they're politicians. Yeah, that's a, no admissions. A business owner would admit it yeah, and fix it. Well, mate, mate, maybe, but a politician will never because they don't. They're not the proprietor. They don't own. They don't no own. No skin the state. in the game. No skin totally in the game. Right? The state. No skin in the game. So. I mean, they're, they're all big mountains to climb. Great. And you've done it. You've got there. You've started your action. You've been a councillor for two, uh, two uh, periods. Um, you know, you've run your businesses successfully. You've invested money to make yourself a councillor and a politician. But Wentworth, I mean... You've why? Sta- You're going to ask me why? It's a big deal. It's a federal government election. But Wentworth is traditionally liberal. Yes, Always absolutely. Always has been ever since. I mean, I moved into that area when I was 18 years of age. And uh, which is a long time ago, and it's always been liberal, always been liberal, and and likely to remain so. Okay, so yeah, because I would have thought the odds are against you as a Se- in- severely stacked against me. Correct. I would I would be the underdog of the underdog. Totally. So when you um, words not register when you what what's the word nominate nominate yourself as an independent for the seat of Wentworth, which is you know. The blue blood, blue ribbon, yeah, it's uh, blue ribbon liberal seat, probably the most blue ribbon seat in the country. And maybe. everybody everybody looks to those kind of seats to produce either the next prime minister or outstanding ministers in cabinet. Yep. Yes. So, and I hear that uh, Peter King's maybe re- Peter King maybe re- rerunning. There's, who's the person who several, Malcolm Turnbull deposed? Yep. And Peter, I know, is quite a well known barrister, and he's uh, an accomplished politician. Um, he knows his game. Uh, why would you do it? Tell me. <laughs> oh, I'm totally intrigued. When I heard about it, I thought, my God, what's she doing? Uh, it's, it's, isn't it enough you've got to council level and you set up in the state, in the state level a um, small business party and you're probably running the state election if there was a state election coming up? I mean, that, one, that, was the, that is the goal, yep. which is the March state election next yep. year. And we're running for the upper house. Yep. That looks good for us because there's an appetite for that. We know that. However... Uh, this is an unexpected opportunity with Wentworth. It's obviously not wasn't part of my plan, but you need to be fluid with your plans and small business understands that more than anyone. So when this unexpected opportunity came up, the reason why I'm running, and yes, it is a cheeky move, 
clearly I understand the odds. I would be, I'm not delusional. Um, there's a, a term called candidate-itis. It's an official political term. It's not in the dictionary. It's where candidates believe their own bios. Oh, yeah, I didn't know if I could say that. But yeah, you say when, it fucking like on my radio station. This is mine. So where candidates believe their own bullshit yeah. and the bullshit that's fed to them. Because people look at you and say, oh, yo, you're going to do great. We really need someone like you. Yeah, that's what everyone sure. said. Pat yeah. on your back. That's right. And if you don't do very well and you blow $500,000 trying to get there, they say, oh, that was bad luck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you, did you have a strategy? Yeah. So I, I've heard all of that. I understand that. I like to think I don't have candidate-itis. I have had that before, so I know what the signs are and how the symptoms take over. So it's a cheeky move. It's an underdog move. But I think it's important to bring another voice to the mix because the reality is, Mark, that there is only 1% of the population that live in Vaucluse and Bellevue Hill, and it's only 1% of the Wentworth demographic that is what they call rich or excessively rich. Everyone else believes in things like jobs and small business and the local issues of the area, which, surprisingly enough, Mark, are the same issues that affect almost everyone else. Parking is shocking for local businesses and residents. They care about infrastructure and good infrastructure. They care about good planning. They care about their local amenity. They care about overdevelopment. They care about a lot of things, and it's exactly the same everywhere. And the problem that I believe that is happening with all levels of government is that local members forget to represent local issues and they forget to fight for them. So you'll hear a local councillor say, well, that's a state government issue, go see someone at state. And you'll hear a state government person say, well, that's a local issue, go see your local councillor. Then you'll hear a federal person say, that's not a federal issue, even though I'm your local federal MP, you need to talk to state or local. That's bullshit. Because if you are elected by the people in that area, you should be fighting for those people in that area, whatever the level of government of the problem is, because you get to advocate. It's more intense when a local MP, whether they're federal or state, makes representation of the issues facing a local area directly to that level of government that it applies to and fights for them. That's what I do. That's what I have demonstrated for years. I fight for those who haven't got a voice and don't know where else to turn. So why not me in Wentworth? Why not bring back what politics should be locally, which is having a local rep to go to, to say, hey, I've got this issue. Now, it could be just roads, rates and rubbish. It might be that there's a bus stop moved and you're a pensioner and you don't know how to get there anymore and no one's come and told you because you find that government doesn't talk to people. They go and make decisions, disregard how it impacts like people. Like George Street. Like George Street, but... Sometimes it's much more local feeling topics. And then they wonder why people turn around and say, you don't care about us, you don't listen, you've made this decision. If you had asked, those of us who know, because people know what goes on in their own area and what works and what doesn't work, if they actually had true consultation and listened, they would come up with better options and better results. And here's a strange thing, Mark, people would be happy. Now, it seems that government has one objective, disregard what people want and think, make decisions that aren't well thought out, don't mitigate, don't actually consider the negatives or the downsides. They hardly ever do a SWOT analysis on anything. They bulldoze through. If it succeeds, they pat themselves on the back, which I'm not sure if they can ever claim to anything actually succeeding anymore. And when it fails, they just find someone to blame. Why do we have to keep doing that. Well, can I, can I put it to you then? Okay. I, I get all that. I get it 100%. And I think that's 
yeah. noble, however. It's noble. Can, but can but I there's a big it, but coming. Can, can I put it to you like this, though? How is it that Singapore works? It's just one big city. Yeah, I have a theory, but... Go on. Well, there's more of a dictatorship model Okay, Okay, okay. I agree. So, but it works. Yes. So, and the the... the, the the sort of expression of their dictatorship is that they do bulldoze things through and they get things done. So, But they don't take five years to do it. Okay, that's fair enough. And they don't choose political options. They choose the right option to get something done and then they understand that if they're going to do it, they don't take five years to do it. They take three or six months to do it. They get it, it done it. quicker. So if in your environment, you if you do you think that there is a danger if – Let's say you won it, the seat. Let's say you control government. It's, it's unlikely. So let's say yeah. you control the government, even more importantly, and someone said to you, you know what? So let's imagine Prime there's Minister. a sensible voice now. Now, now Prime Minister, um, we're talking to the Prime Minister. Now, Prime Minister, um, we really need to put a, a light rail and bring the tram back into, um, take it all the way down to Watson's Bay, the way it used to go, through Bondi, back into the city because – we have an infrastructure problem. Sure, and, you know, and there's the, talk and, of Bondi and light rail. And the tra- yeah, and the, the traffic's ridiculous and the buses aren't working and we need to supplement the trains, blah, 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 the whole story. And you thought, yeah, you know what, that's a bloody good idea. And, pe- and there, you have some people saying to you, this is a really good idea. Would you then take it out to a consultative process? Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you ask everybody what they think, everyone's going to have a different view. Yes. And nothing gets done. Yes. Um, and whilst you're stuffing around trying to do this, you you keep you don't you don't make anybody happy because all you do is you upset the people who you're asking because they're never going to get what they want. You upset the people who do want it because not it's not happening, and all they think is that uh, you're out there glad handing everybody and trying to be everyone's best friend. Sure. What, so, what about so, that? Well, let's let's use the example of Devonshire Street where light rail is going down. Where's Devonshire? Street? So this is in Surrey Hills, right? And Devonshire Street is like two meters wide, and right. yet they are going to put light rail down it. So they have they have destroyed Devonshire Street. So when I asked, why didn't we put a tunnel? Why, why do we have to disrupt Devonshire Street and that local community that are very happy and the shops are prospering and the local residents love it and the street's only two metres wide so they have very little parking anyway in these inner city suburbs, why not? And I asked the Premier at the time she was Transport Minister, Gladys, why not build a tunnel and put light rail underneath? If you believe in light rail so much, if you think it's going to save our city and it's going to do all these great things... Why not put a tunnel? The answer was, we can't afford it. See, that's bullshit. That's a bullshit answer. So you know there's a better option. Why is it a bullshit answer? Because we can afford it. How do you know? Because we have lots of money in state government. But that doesn't mean you can spend it. Well, can can we afford to not do it though? So if you have a good option and you have the ability to bring an option that will work for transport... Mm. And it won't wipe out a suburb and it won't wipe out, an, wipe out an economic community and it will do the ultimate job of not disrupting but still delivering on transport, which is what they should be doing. I, I, Why I not get, take it? I, I get it. I, no, I got, but I don't really want to talk – don't want you to give me the answer about using Devonshire Street as the example. What I'm trying to do is talk about in a, in a, in a larger sense. How do you rec- – I'd just like to know how you reconcile – because it's an important question. Um, how do you? How does anyone reconcile? Not just you, but how do you reconcile um, s- making sure that the lady who whose bus stop is going to be moved? Um, to pick your example. How do you reconcile that with progress? So all I want to know is how do you do that? I mean, how is that process run? Progress, process run. Progress versus 
taking into account everyone's views, taking into account everyone's how everyone's affected. Let's take away the 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 profit loss and the costs and benefits and all that sort of stuff. Just how do you? So I'm not naive. Yeah. I understand that some people will be ha- unhappy with decisions, mm. and and I face that. I have faced that for the last six years in council. Mm. Often I will have to vote in a way that I think is the best option for the community. Mm. And that's not 100% of the community. There are mm. always people that will be unhappy with the decision. That's what I'm saying. How do you reconcile yes. that? How do you reconcile it? Like in yourself? So like- I, I have to weigh up the pros and cons. Who will benefit the most out of this project, assuming, assuming that we have done our best to mitigate against those who will be affected? So there has to be a check and balance of what are the risks what are the negatives? And with those negatives, what can we do to mitigate in there? That's not what government is doing. It's one thing to bulldoze through a project and have a belief in delivering it, knowing that it's going to have a great outcome. It's very difficult, though, along the journey of a project when you continue to not mitigate against the impacts and still say, I have a belief in the project. You can't take people on that journey with you, Mark, unless you are willing to say, yes. You are going to lose from this project, but guess what? We've allowed for that in here. We'll take care of that. So, yeah, maybe we are moving that are bus stop. Are you trying to make everybody happy, though? There's a way of addressing everybody's concerns and needs. Not everybody is going to be happy. I'm not happy losing my business. I am unhappy, desperately unhappy. I have failed at something for the first time in a big way in my life that had nothing to do with me or the way I conduct my business. That's and yet, not a failure. That's not a failure. But you know what, Mark? It, at the end of the day, it is so personal, and that's why I empathise with so many other people, that when I wake up in the morning and know that 25 people lost their job, that it affected us in emotionally, business. in yeah, my business, yeah. it affected us for three and a half years while I watched the black hole that was my business disappear in front of my eyes. I, I, I think I think that example is is more extreme, though, Angela, and I think, and I think you are 100% right, Um what happened there at the state government level was, to me, totally negligent. But I'm that 1% that would never stand in the way of progress but will be affected by this progress. Uh, uh, so what have you got for me yeah. to make me happy? Okay, I get that. But, like, if we just peel back a little bit to the I'm, – I'm, I'm probably proposing a, a ridiculous example. No, you're but, not. But I'm sort of trying to get in my mind – Do I have the balls to carry through on a belief? The question about progress yeah. versus – Consultation, not consultation, progress versus trying to keep everybody happy enough, reasonably well, happy. People don't, not everyone, everyone does not expect so some to be ex- happy. Object to everything. Yeah. They don't expect to be happy. They do expect to be in the loop and they do expect a certain amount of transparency and, and accuracy. Once you open the loop up, it goes mental. Like, I mean, the most moment you say, give me your opinions, everyone's going to go, oh, here's my opinion. And then they say, so you didn't why, listen to my but opinion. But why be, too, why be too scared to ask for their opinion? Because we don't I'm like the scared. answer. I'm not the politician. I'm only no, asking you. But I'm not too scared to ask the opinion and I'm not too scared to face but it. But how do you manage it? Well, yeah, But that's what they deserve, Mark. Yeah, that's I'm what just, they it's, deserve. It's not, it's not the issue. How do you manage it? You do. But I'm not you, scared of it. Oh, no, no, you're not. I yeah. Know, I get that. But, but that's, ha, but that's what's it? not happening. But how do you manage, manage it? You not, have to not rely. On one project, not well, on one project, on a hundred projects. I'm you have to rely on your own understanding. That's your understanding. How do you get your bureaucrats, the people who ultimately – Execute on these things. Like any good CEO, you have to have the right people doing the, the job. C- I'm sorry, you're not the CEO as a politician. But, but you have to take that attitude with the bureaucrats. But you're not. You're not. They, they own it. They control it. They'll be there when you're gone. And they're there before you get there. And that's what the, that's what draining the swamp is I'll, all about. I want to know. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a Trump. They've that's got a, a Trumpism. So yeah, but that's that's what's got to happen. My there question, are, okay. there are good bureaucrats. There are so, great bureaucrats. Okay, so you're going to sack the chef? Absolutely. If that's what it takes. 
That's what I wanted to know. Yeah, to get the best outcome. Yes. So, so you need to do that. You need to be the very person you said you don't want to be. You've got to be the bulldozer. There's no oh. way you can sack the chef, that is, get rid of the bureaucrats who control the process irrespective of what the politician says because the big problem with the politician, I know quite a few, at, you know, at various well, levels. Well, they're scared of the bureaucrats. Well, they, no, they, they take a different view. The, the, they're, they're not. The ones I know aren't. Um, and they say the reason why they don't bulldoze and they don't do the Trump-style thing is because um, they need to, as you said earlier, and very eloquently, um, need to negotiate their way through because they're – to go take the business style, you've got to negotiate. At but a every lot level. of these, but a lot of these bureaucrats won't negotiate. It's their way. Okay, so you don't need to negotiate then. Well, you got to bulldoze. You, in some instances, okay, that good. will be necessary. That's fine by me because I'm happy. I'm happy with what Trump. Yeah, does. Yeah, but so you I'm, have to. But you have to mitigate. You still have to mitigate against that. What whatever mean? the outcome is, mitigate against. So what? if you fire a bureaucrat, yeah. you have to be prepared. You have fallout. to be for the fallout. Yeah, and the fallout will be immense. Of course. It's different to America. This country is run differently. Um, yes, and, because as soon as you rocked a boat. Well, we don't have executive powers here. Yes. Okay, that's the bottom it's line. It's a different structure. The structure's different, and we don't have executive powers. Um, in fact, we've got no powers. The yeah, bureau- it does bureau- feel like that sometimes. The bureaucracy's got all the executive <laughs> powers. Not but I negotiate not- with bureaucracy in, in town hall all the time. I know, but if you're at federal level and you're doing, you know, and you're doing for the whole of whatever Wentworth is, the, the area there, if you're, um, if you're involved, if you become the vote, I'm only just trying to get to the bottom of this, if you become the voted member for that area, you're not only going to be dealing with Wentworth, you're going to be dealing with other political issues yeah. for the whole country. Well, and there's going to be yes. not only, there's probably a thousand projects on, I don't know, sure. probably stacks and stacks of them. Um, you're one person, you're not one party, you're one person. And I want to know what your style, I'm trying to get to what your style is. And your style is, fuck them, I'm going to make this happen. Yes. My way. Pretty much. Good. Our way. It's always been your way. Our way. Who's our? Our, our is the electorate. Okay, so that, okay, that's fine because really, what you're trying to, what I'm, I'm trying to get out of this is what you're telling me is that this is still the same girl who was 15, took her brother um, because her father put a challenge to her, and steamrolled away through working at um, Safeway, Safeway, yeah, um, after going to the CS, which was you know, which is Centrelink, and then proved to him that she could do it, and then off the back of that, ended up running his business. Yeah. Correct. Okay. This is the same girl. You're applying the same the same concepts that you did when you were 15 to what you're doing today when you are blah. Yeah, learning 40. learning at the very bottom, understanding <laughs> yeah. the yeah, whole yeah, process yeah, yeah, and yeah. then And do you think okay, so anyone who's listening to you now, anyone at Wentworth, Wentworth if you're listening, <laughs> um Angela, this is her style. This is and maybe this is new to Wentworth because Wentworth hasn't experienced this before. Most electorates haven't experienced this before. Well, I, yeah, I, I guess I guess so, but Wentworth in particular because um, Wentworth is a blue ribbon liberal blue seat, ribbon, but it's liberal, 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 super liberals, and um, you know, and they're um, they're, they're politically they're connected, they're politically adept. Um, not to say that's anything brilliant, because by the way, that just means they know how to play the political game. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean they achieve anything. Um, and uh, they generally speaking, um, to some extent, untouchable in, in a lot of ways. And you know, they they come out of you know being the legal system, being barristers or judges, or you know, born into money or related to somebody else who's got money or married somebody's got money, whatever. It's something along those lines, you know. Blue, blue blood in many ways. Blue blood in many ways. Yep. And, and, and and I am not. And and they are very conscious of 
who they upset and how they upset and uh, and and where the weak points are and where the strengths are as opposed to... They're like the popular cheerleader at school. Yeah. They're worried in case they don't become popular. And they've got... And whereas you, you're coming in and saying, well, I don't have any of that to lose because I don't risk any of those things. Cause I, don't ha- I don't have That's those right. things anyway. That's right. So Wentworth, vote for me because what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my shoulder behind it and I'm going to push it around, not necessarily just for small businesses, just generally. That's I'm right. going to push it around and I'm going to make it happen. Yes. Do you reckon you'll be able to do it? I mean, let's say you got voted in. I mean, how – I mean, you, you've why been involved. Do you, why do you have that stunned, I'm shocked, what if it happens look on your face, Mark? Yeah, well, because I, I know Because it's the politi- same look I see on my face most days Because I know politics. <laughs> I know it really well. And, and I'm not a politician, but I know it well. But I'm, it's diabolical and exciting at the same yeah, time cool. that so, I can cheekily step in, put my hand up and run a campaign that may actually disrupt every idea of mainstream politics that has ever existed in a blue-ribbon federal seat – in Sydney. Occupied by previous Prime Ministers. Correct. Okay, so what what excites you, what really gets you going, is that this is like the biggest mountain you can climb. This is like climbing Everest, and you reckon you can do it. Yeah. yeah. Why not? No, no. Well, I, I like that. Saying. How hard can it be? What's the reality? No, I like that. I like, I, I like the, the reverse question. That's very Socratic, why not, as opposed to why. Um I'm asking you why. You're saying to me, why not? Why not? I get that. That's 100%. That's a typical business person's response to business. I can do this. Why not? And that's politics is, I understand that the drug that it is and the adrenaline, I see that is it in a the drug? way. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a power trip when they feel that they are either untouchable or that it doesn't matter if they stuff up because they have some kind of protection or that they can feel important because their name's always on a seat when they go to a function and they're always acknowledged first as if they are the most important thing in the room. It is a privilege to serve people, Mark. It is a privilege that people make a decision to give you representation and they forget that. On a good day, they forget that, Mark. They do not understand the privilege that they have been bestowed and they begin to expect this royal treatment that they have. That's why they want to hang on to it. That's why they look so sad on the day that they're thrown out because they know their name will never be on a chair again. There'll be no reserved parking for them. There'll be no one addressing them in a different way and bowing and scraping and wanting to make them feel important all the time. They believe their own bio bullshit and they forget that they represent regular hardworking people who right now either can't afford to feed their family or find affordable housing or pay their power bills. You know, that stuff that doesn't seem to bother them but changes everyone else's life. The most, you know, uh, one of the greatest politicians of all time who's managed to survive the ages was a bloke called Jesus. I mean, he might have been a religious bloke, but he really was a politician. And that's the sort sort of process he ran. And, of course, it was against his Hebrew mates. And, uh well, his Hebrew culture and the Roman culture as well. And they sort of turned on him. Do you run a risk? Every day. Every day. Every single day. But what about those people that I can help? Only because that is my only goal. It's not because I want a pension. It's not because I want to be part of the club. It's because there are people who genuinely have no one to fight for them. What about them? Okay. Is it better? I've got to ask you this. Is it better to try and make change as part of being in their tent and seducing them to make change. Yes. 
Or is it better to do what you're doing? Push for change, make a, make noise about change, stand on top of a mountain and make change once you get to the top of it. Stand stand on top of the mountain and yell out about change. Which one's better? Is it you, better still to be a be rebel? In a, you, you can, it's good to be a rebel in the system, though. You can't. You can do more pissing from the inside out than the outside in, right? So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, you're telling no, me this I'm, part. I'm, yeah, I'm I telling mean, you. Is it better to be a rebel inside? W- inside, voted in as a inside, rebel. Inside, inside, because you make the change before it becomes a mistake. Or is it better to be an insider seducing people to make change? No, the insider seducing people to make change are the nameless, faceless who run the factions the and decide people. on the power. Yes, because that's what they're interested in is the power. No, but let's say you were the power person or you, you seduce you. I mean, like, because I'm a good example of what, who does it now is Pauline, right? And I know Pauline. She, she's, yeah. a lot of people don't like it, but I get on with it. No, no, she okay. stands for something. Totally. You've got to like Which that. is my view. She stands for something. This is the most important thing. Um, she, to some extent, she's not as powerful as she should be, mainly because of the way she goes about it. Yes. Um, to some extent. Um and they've made a great case of positioning her character through their own machines. That's not her character, but that's the way they've positioned her. I'm yes. talking about through that's, the media. That's right. It's the, yes. And it takes away her effectiveness. Um, you know, I think it'd be great, male or female. I think a female probably could get better cuts through just because she's female. But I think it'd be great to get a rebel, so to speak, to get up there and um, – play that game and and to be not a pain in the side but someone who keeps them honest, I think it would be great for Australia to see that, whether it's, she comes out of Wentworth or wherever. Well, I mean, it, it is, it's time. It's an ideal moment in political history where independents are not scorned. Mm. They are actually a viable option and you can agitate, you can disrupt and you can ask the pointed questions that often media won't. Because if you're someone's media darling, then no one puts too much pressure on you or they don't want to offend the party or mm. in case someone gets locked out. That's why I'm there. I'm there to provide another voice in Wentworth to keep the bastards honest, to make them answer the hard questions just in case they thought they were going to get away with it. Now, if that turns out that I get elected, fabulous. But the very least, and I'm in a no-lose situation here, at the very least, I will go into this election having having given people a voice and an option and an opportunity to disrupt the system and say to the libs, you know that comfortable swing that you've had? Well, guess what? We're going to take that away from you and you need to work harder here for these people every election. Don't sit back and just assume you have a big, fat, protective shield against you for the next election and don't check out of these people. So this is the girl with the broom when she's three years of age. Yeah. Going in there to get those kids have been stealing the lollies. I'm sweeping, cleaning up a little bit. That's why I want to know who you were right at the beginning. (laughs) So it's funny how we don't change who we are. You know, we we just sort of um, polish it up a little bit and um, put a bit more depth to it, um, and maybe become more responsible for it. But at the same time, we don't really change who we are. So I that, hope not. That three-year-old girl who went was in her mother's shop who saw Dad the boys stealing the lollies, you're just going to make sure no one steals any lollies anymore. The people's lollies, yep. Yep, the people's lollies. The people's lollies. For sure. Yep. And, uh, well, Angela, I think um, this has been a great, frank, lively, for me really interesting discussion about what politics could become. Mm. Um, because I think politics is moving away from parties. And I think... Uh, 
but I don't know how politics will work at the end of the day if it does move away from parties. And in other words, everyone's an independent. But I don't know how that will work, but that, that could be a bit of mayhem. That's a bit scary. Yeah, it is a bit that's scary. That's a bit Europe. Yeah. But, correct. But but at the same time, politics is changing like everything else is changing in the world. And, you know, majority majority in the House is getting harder and harder to achieve. Therefore, mandates for anybody to push anything through are getting harder and harder and harder. And to some extent, people like you are stopping that old process where we'll control the country and we'll tell you what the way it's going to be. Yeah. Now we're putting that back in the hands of the people. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a brave, mm. courageous, but also extraordinarily noble thing for you to do for not only people of Wentworth, but for people generally who, for you to stand in that seat, to take on the big names, the big dollars, the big end of town, um, and right up to their Vaucluse front door. Totally. And I think given your experience so far, if anyone can do it, you can do it. And I want to wish we you, will see. I want to wish you the best of luck in it. Thank you. Um, I think it's going to be an extraordinary journey for you. And as you say, you've got nothing to lose. No. And that that's makes, a scary option. Makes you more powerful. Yes. Because, uh, all you're going to do is establish yourself as a person who had a crack. And no it, downside. No downside. No downside. So it's a great journey for you. Yep. It's a great adventure. Yes. Yes. I'm so, going to enjoy the campaign. And I'm going to enjoy watching it. I, I really am. I really uh, now And now having met you, I'm going to enjoy it even more. So um, if you need any help, come back on the show. And uh, I, do, I want to ask you a quick question. What do you think of the Prime Minister? Do you know him? Or... Oh, ScoMo. Mm. Well, he's a South boy, Shire from the Shire. Hundred percent, or representing from the Shire. I think, um, I think he needs to slow down when what's in his head comes out. So he needs to take a breath there. I like his attitude. I like his attitude, and he also I can see a little bit of kindred fearlessness there. Like he knows he's he knows he's pushing up a hill, but he's he's up for the fight. It will be interesting how he deals with the pressures of the conservative movement. And them. He's sort of on the conservative side a little bit too, isn't he? Oh, he is. Yeah. He, he definitely is. Yeah. Um, but he's not afa- afraid to say that. Mm. I like that because you've got to stand for something and back it up. And it'll be interesting how he negotiates exiting the Paris Agreement, which everyone in the conservative movement is trying to put the pressure on him, but most people in Australia don't want that. So that's going to be an interesting And do you think it's minefield. relevant as to why they got rid of uh, Turnbull? I mean, I, mean, I, I watched uh, 730 Report last night. And uh, all ABC kept asking the Prime Minister is, uh, all people of Australia want to know why he got rid of the Prime Minister. Do you really think anyone gives a shit why they got rid of the Prime Minister? Do you think people really care or is that just the ABC cares? I think they, I mean, the media has consistently been asking that the last few days and Shorten asked it in Parliament in question time. But do you think anyone really cares? The Australians, the people? No, we know why. Totally. We know why he's gone. We we all know that. Yeah. If there are five journalists and a couple of TV stations that don't know it, then maybe well, they should go and ask Because tr- I'm intrigued. They're me. trying to embarrass him. What do you think Lee Sales is trying to get him to admit? To admit that the party didn't like him and it was time to go. Well, and all of these are obvious things. Why does he just say it, do you think? Because he would be betraying. Betraying what? Betraying the very idea that and applying even more negativity to the brand, the liberal brand. I reckon a bit around the other way. I reckon if, if he just said, well, people, we, we took the view that people didn't like him and uh, he wasn't going to help us win the but next election. But they don't have that flexibility to do that in a party machine. But who's, who tells them not to? The machine. 
Well, the then, cabinet, then, the people behind it. But de- therefore, what do you think of him, given that he's not prepared to say that? He's got to do what the party machine dictates, and that's why I'm not part of a party machine. Why do you think he has to do that, though? If he wants to keep his pre-selection. But do you think they're really, you really think they're going to take the pre-selection away from the Prime Minister? Oh, I reckon you should test them. I reckon you should say, he needs, listen, he needs, listen, fuck off. Yeah, he needs I'm a little bit of... I'm going to tell the Australian people what they yeah. need to do. I'm going to kill this now. <laughs> Lee, Lee Sales would have loved that last well, night. Well, that's what he, sh- he should have said to him. He said, listen, Lee, you know, I know what you're asking. You want to know why the, uh, we the party got rid of the Prime Minister? Because we the party take the view that the Australian people don't no longer, any longer want the Prime Minister and his Prime Minister, and we had a vote who should be the best person to lead the party and lead the country. And the I, had the, I had the and numbers I the in votes. the faction. It wasn't so. me. It was a party. Uh, I, You know, whatever. That, is that satisfy your question, that, Lee? End of story. I don't ask me again. I would have loved that. I would like you to say, just don't ask me he again. He can't I, do I that. His media training would have told him, skirt around the issue as much as you can and don't actually say this. Why does he run around the other side of the table, pick up Bill Shorten and pick him up and dump him and just say, don't ever ask me that question well, again? Well, he's only a little fella, so ScoMo would have been Irrelevant. able to take he's him. He's taken on the big guy, so that's what happens. That's life. Now, Very, don't, I, don't I get to ask you a question? Well, you do. Normally business people do, but um, this is – well, oh. that's you're in the business of politics, so ask me. Would you vote for me? No, I'm a Liberal voter. Oh, there you go. I'm a Liberal voter. Asked and answered. Yeah, I'm a Liberal voter. But – So you wouldn't I, vote for the right person. You'd just automatically vote for the brand. No, I want to make sure I know who the right person is first. Okay. But I don't know who that person is at this stage. Um, but I do like Peter King. And if Malcolm was there, I would vote for Malcolm because he's a friend of mine. And I believe in the guy. I think he's a, I know the guy and I believe in him. But I also take the view that I would rather have a party that has has a majority. So I wouldn't put the coalition in a position where I thought my vote, if it made a difference, would be one seat down and couldn't get things through parliament. So I think, because I actually think, not because, I'm not saying I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't vote against you. I'm not saying that for that reason. I'm more saying that I think the, the the government should have the ability to pass legislation and they need to have the numbers of seats. Unfortunately, that's the way the system works. So, it does. So as a principle, because my vote won't make any difference in a, in a whole electorate. Every vote makes a difference. I know, but it, you know, mathematically it doesn't really. Um, and, and so I, if everyone takes that attitude, Mark, no, then I no one care. should even turn I, up that day. I don't care about everybody. So I'm talking about me, okay? I'm only looking at me. So I, I really don't give a shit about anybody, their votes, and, and I'm just talking at a mathematical level. That's why you won't be a po- you should not be a politician because Mathemat- you can't say shit like that. Yeah, well, I, I can say it, I, and maybe that's the reason I will never be one because I'd say what I think. <laughs> but but mathematically, you know, I can only look at this in a mathematical sense. Statistically, mathematically, which yep. is statistics. Yep. Um, I my my one vote won't really make a difference. So it's a principle for me. The principle for me is that I take the view that I think there should be. The, the way our system currently works is that one party or one coalition should have a majority and I can't run the risk of that principle being um, dead as a result of, for example, the coalition lo- losing a seat. It doesn't matter, have to be Wentworth. It could be any, any, any seat. seat. Yeah. I mean, Because it could be a by-election tomorrow somewhere I else. I could be in Banks or somewhere else. I, mean, I, I could be in uh, David Coleman's seat. Like yep. it, it doesn't matter. I still take the view that, and, and he's like got a 2 or 3% you know, swing against him that'll nail him in Reesby. So I, I take the view that I would vote for him too, whether I liked him or didn't like him, because I think the coalition should run the country as a majority party. It doesn't mean that I'm voting against you. So your question, I want to be clear that I'm not voting against you. I'm voting in favour of the Liberal Party. You could vote generally. for me on a preference. Maybe. Oh, well, that, that's, a that's a difference. That's different. That's different. 
It's always an option. No, totally different. But I'm, 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 I want to make clear, I'm not voting against an independent. I'm voting in favour of a liberal coalition running the country. Mm. You know why? Because I'm absolutely terrified with the Labor. I am terrified that Bill Shorten and his party, if they ever had the opportunity to run this country. Which is looking more and more likely. Correct. So, which is why they why they move Malcolm on and they put in somebody else. That's right. Well, they yeah. had they they had to, but and it, I think it was a good business it's, decision. It's a business decision. Totally, it is. Mm. It's it's uh, mm. it's a decision that was made. You know, I'm hoping courageously, but also um, um, dispassionately. As much as it hurt Malcolm, and he's tried his best, and you know, and he's given part of his life to all this, etc. And it was I like the guy. You know what? Like he was at my house uh, maybe ten years ago, and. Um, I can't remember now, but maybe five, six, six, seven years ago. And I stood up in front of a, you know, a crowd of people and I held a function there. And I said, this guy will be the next prime minister. And I always believed, because I've known Malcolm since he was, you know, about the same age. I've known him since he was in his late 20s when he used to represent Kerry. And I've always been impressed with the guy. I thought as a businessman, he could run the country. But the problem is what he did. He, we voted him in as a businessman. I wanted him to be the prime minister as a businessman. Yes. He became a politician. That was the expectation, yeah. And he should never, like, I mean, whether you like Trump or not, Trump is not becoming a politician. He's no. staying what he is. He's staying, like, uh, faithful to what people voted him in as. Malcolm didn't stay faithful to that. Malcolm became the politician and he started try trying to consensus Trying to keep everyone games, happy. And it doesn't work. No. And, uh, and which is what an independent doesn't have to do. That's right. It's precisely what your point is. Um, but Malcolm, and that's that was Malcolm's undoing, um, and unfortunately, and and as much as I've always admired the guy, respected him, he sort of became a politician. And you won't build, beat Bill Shorten on politics. He's a politician. They from train the day them, he's born. They train them differently yeah, in the Labor Party. From the day he was three, he's you were told to be a business person. From yeah. the day he was three, he was told to be a politician. Yes, they have a special camp Through they all a go union to. Union system. Yep. And uh, and he was recruited. Yep. Uh, by different people. It's to a calling. People you. It's, a, it's a calling. So like, you know, and that's a scary thing. Yes. That's a really, to me, it's really scary. And um, what, I don't care about his policies. I mean, I just don't like the process that they come up under. And that bothers me. Now, if you said to me, Mark, the Liberals are going to lose. And if I could see that ahead of me, like really see that ahead of me. And what you need, Mark, is a independent to get in and keep Labor um, honest, then I would vote for you. But I can't predict whether Liberals will lose or win. So mathematically... Jeez, I hope it doesn't come down to one vote, Mark. Because well, I'll be calling you and I'm saying, you know that one vote? Yeah, but it won't. That you, one vote. It won't. As you know, Wentworth won't be one vote. But <laughs> but you're right. But you're, cause ma- but, but the, the, the mathematics won't be again around one vote. It, it's the So therefore I just go to the principle. But if I really thought that um, Liberal overall coalition overall all, all was going to lose, like, and I can't take that view at the moment, I'd probably say, well, shit, we better get ourselves an independent. Not, not to the next general election yeah. where that would be a, a better evaluation, yeah. a much better evaluation. Now, I might think about it more than others um, in this way. That's I think, right. I think and about it most people are apathetic. Yeah, I think it about it a different, maybe in a slightly different way. But, you know, I've been asked to stand myself, so, but not my go. So we can't recruit you into the small business party? No. Just checking. It's not my go. Not Just my checking. Go. It's not my go. Um, uh, you know, and I have been approached similar to you. I've been approached by recruitment people, um, but I've turned it down. You never know. Maybe down the track. Who, said, who knows? In the twilight years when you've got nothing else better to yeah, do. Yeah, maybe. 
Uh, put it this way, this this next election is going to be a tough one. So, it's going to be a cracker. Yeah. And and I'll tell you straight up, and everyone knows anyway, I mean, Morrison, I'm a Morrison fan um, for a whole lot of reasons. I think he's really pushing it uphill to win the election, to be honest with you, yep. um, because it's just so much shit has happened. But, uh, like, he's a guy, he's a miracle guy. You, you never know. You, you absolutely never know. In yeah. politics, it's the one thing you can rely on. What starts out at the beginning of the day is not how it ends. And by the way, just for the record, my brother and sister grew up in the Shire. They're still Shire people. Mm. They're not still Shire people. They they grew up and they went to school in the Shire for most of their school lives. So yeah, it's God's country. Well, they will tell you that. Yeah. Um, I didn't grow up there. I grew up in a, a different area. But uh, you were isolated separately. Um, so was no. it for the safety of the Shire? Or no, I know I grew up in Punchbowl, and uh, then when I was my, there's a big difference between my brother and myself and my sister and myself in age group. And uh, they, when I moved out of Punchbowl, went to the mm. suburbs. They um, went, mum and dad, and they moved over to the southern suburbs, and they went to school there. From my, my sister would be nine, my brother was about eleven. So uh, yeah, so they spent most of their lives, and their friends are all from the shire. So yeah. you know, I love shire people, I respect shire people, and uh, Morrison's a, a shire person, even though he come from Bronnie, but he's a shire person through and through. So good luck to both of you. Thank and you. I think what you're doing is, I just love the energy you bring and that uh, strength you bring. Thank you. You look like a little girl. Um, but you have the but have the roar of a lion. Oh, well, high maintenance. We have the roar of a lion. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Angela. You. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.